you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL podcast is 17.6% cheap. Do the math, Hansus. Welcome to another, I won't, another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is presented by no one. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined in a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. And you know why we're presented by no one, Wes? Because no one's listening? Well, I don't know. I hope not. I hope People that's are listening. Case. Oh, okay. How about, uh, remember, the old, the old bit? Don't make Greg insecure. Yeah, we're beholden to no one. Exactly. That's how you, you you turn lemons into lemonade. We're beholden to about seven different people right now. <laughs> we are so beholden. There's like seven layers of holding. <laughs> we are max beholden. That we're beholden to. Uh, this is the Wednesday edition of the Around the NFL podcast. I hope everyone is caught up on the uh, uh, on the old docket because we had the Sunday week 12 uh, recap show on sun- late Sunday night. That went up. On Tuesday, we had our live Twitter show, which, you know, I think we're doing a nice job with. I feel, like, I feel like we're having fun. Oh, yeah. With Reggie and Connie. If you if you need your Connie fix, that's where you go to get it. Connie on Skype from her apartment in West L.A. I won't say exactly where it is, but here's the address. 14 Maple Boulevard, apartment 6C. Knock three times. Not a real place. Entry. Although maybe it is a real place, but that's not where she lives in Santa Monica. Wow, you could just—I mean, it's a big. I mean, town. Greg, there is the there is the option to play along with Dan's bit there. <laughs> I won't do it. Doesn't check out for me. That is factually incorrect. Um. Anyway, so we got Connie, we got uh, Reggie. We have fun on that show, and here's the Wednesday show. What's coming up today? Uh, how about a little TNF preview? I like that, Greg. It's a good a game, football guy. Week. It's a good one this week. Saints, Cowboys, two first place teams. Thursday night football. They, you know, they went into a little bit of a slump there. Uh, and I got a feeling they're going to close strong with some good games, including, well, can we talk ourselves into this being a good game? We will see. We're going to talk about it later in the show. Also, the trade deadline was uh, a month ago tomorrow, something like that. It was about a month ago. The 30th of, no- of uh, October. And uh, tomorrow is what? The, the 29th, 29th of so, November. So okay. it's, it, it lines up just perfectly. Almost. So uh, uh, what, if, what if you extended the trade deadline by one month? That's what we did in our in our imaginations, and, and we're going to go around the horn a couple times and throw out some um, extended trade deadline offers, or as you called it, Wes, trade lifeline. Very nice. I learned a few things from this exercise. Oh, good. Okay, we'll get into that too. But before any of that, let's, about time. Let's get let's get <laughs> caught up and do some news. Let's do predictions by twenty thirty for six hundred, please. As of 2018, this NFC North team had never even made the Super Bowl, much less won it. But by 2030, gotta happen, right? Jay? Who are the Detroit Lions? Yes. I mean, what, what is up with Trebek? Wait, by the way, I, I don't... The Bunsen burner blowtorch on the, on the Lions. Trebek on the Lions. I kind of like that. I will say that on television, I don't notice this as much, but his voice... 
I cannot take him seriously. He sounds like some sort of like elegant, like pampered prince from like deep Whoa. Europe. It's funny. I find it incredibly soothing and I have mean, I, yeah. for my entire life. I have until that moment. Yeah. I, it, I, that sounded incredibly pretentious. I have been rolling through old Jeopardy ne- episodes on Netflix. Yeah, lately. which is a great addition by the social, uh, the uh, streaming giant. <laughs> I, I love it. But Alex Trebek is not a human. He is very awkward in his interactions with other human mm. beings. Mm. What about like a road trip with Alex Trebek and Robert Stack? I kind of like I you know, I yeah. think I think what you're you saying is one of them up, but yeah. I mean when they were yeah. alive. It che- it checks out. I you know, I don't want to paint paint too broad a brush if if any, you know, hosts out there are listening, but I think there are, there's a there's some type of host like a game show host often, you know, it's just missing like a little humanity chip. Mm. I I would agree. Little, well, he's been locked in that studio for about you know, 35 theory. years now. And they have to try to make out. up for that by connecting through the people in the television. Is there a similarity with stand-up comedians? No, I think a different type think of so. a different type of effed up. Mm. Yeah, that's different. And a fun fact, I believe Jeopardy tapes right down the street. That's Sony. So there you go. Let's get to the news. <laughs> so if we ever want to confront Alex Trebek about his lack of humanity. Good Jeopardy right talk. there. Uh, Reuben Foster. Let me take a hard left turn um, to the dark side here. Reuben Foster, the former 49ers linebacker who was uh, released by the team or uh, sent to waivers by the team after his third uh, arrest, this for another domestic vi- uh, violence issue. So the, the Niners put him on waivers, and one team claims him. And there was a little mystery at first, uh, uh, on Tuesday about which team it was. And then it, it came out that it was the Washington Redskins who make the claim. Uh, Foster, who has this criminal issue hanging over him, will not be able to get on the field either uh, because he's not permitted or to practice or play in games for the Redskins because the NFL has placed him on the reserve commissioner exempt list. You remember that while the league reviews his arrest. Uh, Greg, Redskins were the only team, and I think a lot of people were surprised and, frankly, a little disappointed this is how it played out. Very surprised just because of the timing and because of the acrobatics that it took for them to justify it through their statement. You know, This is a team that also signed Junior Gallette after um, some of the probably worst uh, off-field behavior that any players had in, in recent NFL history, and they were quick to sign him. And Didn't I, I, like, whip a guy on the beach? I, I mean, that was... Straight up? That, that was the... Part of it. Yeah, that was the yeah. least of his. But it, but similarly, you know, four years ago, they made a statement saying they condone domestic violence when it had to do with players on another team. And, and just kind of the hoops that Doug Williams... I, I almost felt bad for Doug Williams, who was the man named, you know, the executive named in the statement that the Redskins had to make, trying to justify it, trying to say he's going to have to go through all these steps before he gets on the field. And that also they consulted uh, a lot of Reuben Foster's teammates from Alabama who happened to be on the Redskins roster. It's like, oh, okay, so you're, you're asking his college buddies to be character references. What, what do you expect him to say? It, it has a very Bruce Allen feel to it, who is, you know, pulling pulling the levers in Washington still and maybe putting Doug Williams out there as the, the mouthpiece. I Grow your own talent. I just don't know why this is a move that could be perceived by the Redskins as they were cooking this up as anything other than, uh, you know, a PR disaster waiting to happen. 
And this this is not – there's two separate parts of this. It's obviously uh, the, the upsetting uh, realities of what's going on with Foster off the football field. But it's also a little surprising. I know he's a first-round talent, but he did nothing – for the Niners this year, if, if this guy was some type of stud, if it was like a, a situation like with Alden Smith when it's a top-rate pass rusher, you could see why one team would kind of go through those uh, acrobatics and make this move and, and eat the, the PR hit. But Foster has not shown anything this year, Wes. Well, he, there's no question he can play. He was really impressive last year. Uh, he was a little bit behind the eight ball this year and then came in and lost his position to Fred Warner, um, who was really impressive in September for the 49ers. He can play, and... To me, the Redskins can't be expecting him to play this year. He's on the commissioner's exempt list. Even when they made the claim, they have two good starting inside linebackers, so he wasn't going to play. To me, it just seemed like they figured someone else was going to claim him. If anybody's going to have him on the roster for future, if he ever straightens himself out, it might as well be us. But even then, you have to ask yourself, is it worth it? Well, and just that they're, they, they say they fully understand the severity, but that that's sort of at odds with – with claiming him because because I've heard the argument, well, you know, does this mean he can never, you know, work again? Does this mean uh, that if the Chargers are eventually dropped that he shouldn't be in the league? It's like, well, if you want to see how it plays out, like let that happen. You don't need to employ him in the meantime. You can you can let that go out. Uh there was a report that the Eagles did call Tampa police and, and investigate it themselves. They didn't put any claim on it. It sounds like there was nothing that the Redskins have done other than just waiting for the legal process to check out. Uh, let's move on. The Jacksonville Jaguars are making changes during a deeply disappointing season in Duval. That's a thing. Blake Bortles is headed to the bench. Doug Marone announced Monday that the veteran passer is uh, on the sideline, uh, will be on the sideline in week 13. It will be Cody Kessler uh, playing uh, quarterback for the Jags who have lost every single week uh, dating like about two months, dating back about two months now. The switch comes after the Jags lost 24-21 to the Bills, uh, seven straight losses. They, They were expected to compete for a Super Bowl. It's not going to happen this year. And in addition to the decision, West to lose Bortles uh, and send him to the bench, Nathaniel Hackett, uh, the offensive coordinator, also sent packing. I mean, it's been a long fall for a team that came close last year. Hackett was scapegoated. He drew up some impressive game plans last year, specifically against the Steelers and Patriots in the playoffs. Very impressive game plans. And things weren't going this well this year, I understand. But – you know, all these people who say, who look at Blake Bortles' numbers and say they're very similar to last year, save it. You are not watching Jaguars games, and that's a dead giveaway. The guy's throwing motion, which has been varying degrees of awful throughout his career, right now is just broken. It is more pronounced. The hitch in his windup, and he cannot make simple throws. The, the game he had against the Bills, when I watched that, I just thought that the Jaguars have to pull this guy. They cannot keep playing it because the other 52 guys on the roster see a quarterback who can't play at an NFL level right now. I, th- I think, though, that, you know, and, I, and I've mentioned the numbers are similar. It just reminds me of that's exactly what we were saying at this point last year about Bortles. If you remember, he kind of went on a late season streak in December where he p- played some of his best football. But just before that, we were having this exact same conversation that his mechanics are totally out of whack. He's totally ruining the team. They need to bench him at a very similar time of the year. And, th- and that gets back to Tom Coughlin, who I want to thank for signing Bortles to this contract and 
you know, expecting Bortles to become a player that he hasn't been for the last five years and hamstringing this team because it's going to deliver me some sandwiches because I said they're not making the playoffs and you guys are going to hand them over. And, and it's crazy to me to waste really the last three years, I would say 2016, 17, and 18, after you should have been able to self-scout and make a better decision on Bortles. Well, part of it, part of it is you have the general manager still in-house who used a third overall pick on Bortles. And I think there was this, let's not give up right away on him. And it got, I think the worst thing that can happen sometimes is when a bad player overperforms from what they really are, which has happened to him in the playoffs. And it gave them this idea that we can maximize Blake Bortles. But for me, if you're Nathaniel Hackett or any coordinator attached to a bad quarterback, you have to be wondering when this day is going to come. I mean, this to me... Makes no sense to fire him. Well, then you... Right now, Someone either. made a good point, too. That you can't tell what was wrong if you fire the coordinator and the quarterback, but there, this is this tells me that Doug Marone is under fire inside the building because this is one of his most loyal lieutenants. They were together for years in Syracuse. Doug Marone's helped grow yep. his career and turn him into an offensive coordinator in college, brought him along to Buffalo brought him to Jacksonville. It's not unlike one of us working together for 10 years if there was some sort of power structure and sending someone out when when trouble gets that hard. I mean, this is a friend and someone that he whose career Keep your head on a swivel, Tamposi. That's the message. Tamposi needs to be, you know, operating at high levels at all times. One thing I would say, if you're trying to get inside the Jaguars' heads, he has he has the size. <laughs> it wasn't that serious. But he has the arm strength. He like has it. the mobility to be a star quarterback, if you can fix him, then you've got your answer. So I can see why the leash was long. To me, what's indefensible is never bringing in legitimate competition. Right. When you've told the other 52 players on the roster, you got to compete. Five for years. Right. He's been there five years. And But it's amazing how that one bad decision taking him, and, and then unlike, I think, good organizations who would have cut bait earlier, can infect everything that's happened since. The only reason Doug Marone is the head coach right now is because he made Blake Bortles look better in a mirage of a two-game streak at the end of 2016. Marone and Hackett basically convinced ownership that, hey, look, we, we had these two games with him. Let's let's stay with Bortles, stay with us, and now they've, it's two years later and they still don't have a quarterback. Hackett, who was shocked, by the way. He didn't think this was coming. He shouldn't, him, he shouldn't have. He shouldn't have. I think Marone, he did a fine job. When Marone wanted to meet with him, he thought it was about the quarterback change, uh, and he was stunned, and his quote to Ian Rappaport, they had a conversation, I guess the football gods had it out for me. Uh, so Hackett will land on his feet. Uh, we'll see what happens with Bortles, but change is coming in Jacksonville. Uh, and more quarterback news in the AFC. Another disappointing season for Andy Dalton has come to an end, shortened by an injury. Uh, the quarterback, uh, the glowing ginger man, uh, is heading to injured reserve uh, because of a uh, right thumb injury suffered in Sunday's loss to the Browns. It's the same thumb uh, that really sent Dalton's career, uh, the injury that sent Dalton's career in a different direction. It, it feels like forever ago, but when the Bengals were 10-2 and two back in 2015 and they were cruising and it looked like they were going to get a bye, he breaks his thumb. It was, cu- it was pure uh, Bengals uh, luck. Uh, and he his season ended, and they really have never been a team since then. Uh, so he heads to the sideline for the season. And uh, is there any chance, Wes, that that's the last time we see Andy Dalton playing quarterback for the, the Bengals? Someone asked me that yesterday on Twitter, and, and my response was, I, I doubt it because what, what's the alternative? I don't think Jeff Driscoll – I mean, I, I liked watching Jeff Driscoll play in garbage time. He's – 
he's somewhat more fun than Andy Dalton because he's really mobile and he probably has a stronger arm, but he threw a lot of passes up for grabs that will get intercepted. Uh, to me, Jeff Driscoll doesn't seem like a viable option. And unless you have someone in-house, how are you going to let Andy Dalton go? He has two non-guaranteed years left on that six-year right. extension he signed. To me, that's a positive, though. I've seen people kind of conflating or, you know, mentioning Bortles and Dalton in the same breath. Bortles' contract is toxic. They owe him $6.5 million guaranteed next year. They're going to eat one of the biggest dead money um, totals in NFL history if they release Bortles. Dalton, on the other hand, is worth – he's due $16 million, not a dollar – in guaranteed money, no signing bonus still to pay off. $16 million seems like a nice price in 2019 for Andy Dalton. Andy I, Dalton's a fine and, NFL quarterback. That's why he's the Dalton scale. And it, he's I in the middle. It, it all depends who's there next year because if it's if it's Marvin Lewis and it's everyone surrounding Marvin Lewis, there have been there's been evidence and, and reasons to move on from Andy Dalton and get him competition in get years him competition. past, too. Draft get someone. him competition, and they've w- done literally nothing on that I front. I will guarantee you if the Bengals don't want to pay Andy Dalton $16 million next year, several teams will want to. Hmm. Uh, and by the way, just call Dalton a fine NFL quarterback. I think it's, a, it's important how you stress that. He's fine. He's fine. Yeah. <laughs> He's not like a fine quarterback. But fine – it's very important. But fine quarterbacks get more than $16 million a year. Right. I, I like Bradford the value at this point. They they signed him to a six-year contract, which at the time people probably, if we listen back to our podcast, we might have we might have raised our eyebrows at that the, the money. And now it looks like a little forward thinking. They're, they're ahead of the game in terms of quarterbacks. One, one little it. thing on Dalton. I do think <laughs> in the last couple of years what he's done with – in terms of him being fine, I don't think he's super attractive. He's fine. I, I mean, but there's an aspect of his attractiveness that's upticked in the re, in the last couple of years. He's done something with his hair. Yes. He's kind of shorn in the sides a little, and he looks kind of bizarre, but kind of tough. I don't know. He kind of looks like is that where you're going with future. fine? Like, oh no, well that's different too. That's fine. Oh boy, he's fine. F I N E fine. Ah. <laughs> Finally, in the news, uh, the AAF, which is the Alliance of American Football. Um, held its draft for its inaugural 2019 season. I wasn't aware of this as a thing until uh, Mark on our on our, uh, uh, our what is it conversation client direct messaging. Yeah, um, at 3:31 a.m. Yeah, Mark sending ideas for the show <laughs> at 3:30, which on one hand looks like oh man, this, grinding. Guy, this guy's Humble grinding. Brag. Keep yeah. grinding. Grind. On another hand, it sounds like a major medical issue that you're dealing with. Uh, I have like the worst insomnia. Literally, probably four out of seven days a week. Do you ever have you ever tried to? I guess this is a conversation maybe for not on the podcast. But you well, ever, why go? Why save? The, why prevent that? Have like you tried after, to treat it? Have you tried to treat it in any different? You know, no. I'm just saying. It I have. Different I ways. have tried it. Maybe you know, <laughs> nothing worked ways. for you. Maybe not according no. to the medical science. They do say that people, some people have sleep patterns where because I'll fall asleep at like eleven and wake up at two in the morning. And be up until five, and then sleep till five till six. Very so similar people to sleep my, in two blocks of. of you ever tried this? <laughs> illicit drug use. Yeah, that that sounds weird. That's not if really you don't to help explain <laughs> yeah. what what you're. Dan, what Dan was attempting to uh, mimic putting a syringe on his. I did nothing of the sort. Well, Actually, you could take this sound wherever you want. Could help you go to sleep. <laughs> I I see. Why do we? Why does this always happen to me on this show? This is just absurd. <laughs> the AAF draft <laughs> um, allocated 32 quarterback. What a what a setup they got going on here. Allocated 32 quarter. This is from Kevin Seifert of ESPN. This is my source here. Uh, 32 quarterbacks on Tuesday night. Uh, it includes former 
uh, NFL pastors such as Scott Tolzien. Wow. Remember him? Uh, uh, Zach Mettenberger. You remember old Met? Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. Uh, Remember when Mark wrote a letter asking for him to come be mm. the Browns Yeah, now now <laughs> he's been taken by the Memphis Express. So, so he's working his way there. And uh, finally, uh, we can't really say this name, uh, but this player was also taken. Chris Hackenberg is real? I think we blasted that name uh, out of the podcast. We decided that we weren't going to mention it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, stick to that rule. But uh, that person was also taken. The league begins play on February 9th, which I believe is one week after the Super Bowl, Greg. Yeah, no, I'm really like, okay, we're all having our fun. It's like kind of some names we haven't heard in a while, like Matt Mettenberger and Josh Johnson. Sarcasm. No, I'm really excited to see how the Atlanta Legends coaching staff, led by Brad Childress as the head coach and Michael Vick as the offensive coordinator, works with Justin Holman, Peter Pujols. Matt Sims and uh, Aaron Murray at quarterback. I think that's an interesting quarterback room and an interesting offensive mind with Vic as the coordinator. Mike Martz is on board here Ooh. with the San Diego Fleet. Martz, they have Martz names. They have some names. Spurrier. There are literal names. Yes. I mean, it's I I remember the World League and thought it was fun and NFL Europe and all that stuff. And you know, it's not the worst thing to have if there's if there's people in there that you've heard of. I've invested some emotional and in time, you know, energy into some of these leagues that have popped up over the years. There's been about four or five of them, but they it never lasts a year or two. So it's tough to really. The ooh, one thing trust. on those sites are like tickets they for as low as seventy five dollars. I think you might. You're not going to get a lot of people to pay $75. Wait, what? Games. That's what it says on the well, I will say one thing. Because when I was tracking <laughs> this in the middle NFL. of the night. Check out the secondary market, guys. They're like, their Twitter feed is, it sounds like some of the uh, people that are employed by, you know, NFL. and Our just, company. Just very exuberant about themselves. And like, <laughs> they, some of these tweets got on my, on, my, on my radar. I was like, one of them was, it's the fourth round. Everybody hold up a four. Fourth quarter, finish strong. We're making history here. It's like, and then and then <laughs> trying. Well, then the up, no, no. But then the upshot was they were trying to get everyone to log on to watch this um, streaming quarterback draft, but it was couched away on some app that no one could had access to. So they were like, every response to every one of these braggadocious <laughs> tweets was, "Love to be a part of this. Can't access the actual history making uh, segment here with you drafting Scott Tolzien and friends." So AAF social media team on Mark's radar or sonar. Oh. Yeah, I've got. I don't know if they're cracking the top ten list there, but they're. I want to see more some, like, like AF. Some winners and losers, some grades. I think I think they got Quinn McQuarrie in the third round. The Arizona Hotshots, pretty, it's good, pretty good <laughs> Wait, value. Their name well, is the Hotshot. The Arizona yep. Hotshots. They the drafted Orlando McQuarrie. Apollos. People thought he wouldn't go until until that he'd go earlier in round one or two. Nope, they got him. The they third. also they did the thing where this you know this is the Miami like, popular. You know, I just want to say we sound like censors, by the way. But go on. Well, no, but they more I, than usual. I'm yeah, gonna I give them. I'll give them more. a chance. They they have two. They had they did the Miami Heat thing where they have two t- two team names: San Diego Fleet and Birmingham Iron. And what they can do, like the the the, the Fleet, I believe it was, protected Josh Johnson, who has been on like smart. a billion teams. That's because move. he played college in that area. You're allowed to protect the local hero ah. to be on your team. Well, that's how like most that. of these leagues started. Territorial picks, you know, like. The old Cincinnati Royals in the NBA got Oscar Robertson because he played for University there of Cincinnati. Hey, any publicity, Dan's good publicity. We're That's talking true. about it. I'm, I'm. We're gonna watch and see. We're this gonna develop, watch this and people know more about it now. Yeah. And I did a book report on the state of Utah in 1988, so I will support <laughs> the Salt Lake Stallions. They will be my team. That's what's happening. Deep roots there for you in the news. I actually I remember to this day 
Uh, it was a brilliant move by an eight-year-old old Zeuser, a young Zeuser at the time. <laughs> um, it had, the the report had to be, I think, like six pages. So I did uh, a little arts and crafts, and I, uh, you know, the general shape of the state of Utah. I cut the loose leaf into the state shape uh, and presented that, which cut down on the size of the page, uh, which made less less writing. That's very smart. But also had a visual effect to it. Uh, that led to, I believe, a high mark. Six pages for an eight-year-old's a lot. Hey, Around listen, that same age. We're in Excelsior did, uh, District in the uh, town of friendly people. They're, just, they're we're definitely not getting six-year-old reports in Five pages Santa Monica of School District. <laughs> <laughs> sure. uh, all right. Let's move on. Okay, so trade deadline last uh, month. Uh, we're doing our own trade deadline, deadline here because uh, the trade deadline is too soon. They got to change that rule, and hopefully maybe they will. For now, we're going to live in the world of uh, fantasy and uh, offer some deals or propose some trades that make sense right now because, let's face it, it's a very different landscape in the NFL on November 28th than it was on October 30th. Uh, Mark, get us going. All right. I I feel like there's a team before the trade deadline that kind of put up signals that they were willing to sell almost anyone, but not this player. But now this is happening in my reality. The Indianapolis Colts send a 2019 first round and a 2019 second round pick. They have two second rounders after that deal with the Jets and a 2020 fifth rounder to the New York Giants in exchange for Odell Beckham. Wow. Why would the Giants trade Beckham? They just gave him a giant new contract. I get that I get that there's all these factions probably in the Giants fandom too that would say this would never happen and they just iced him up. I, I just don't see this relationship as a long-term success for the Giants. And uh, but, but maybe more, it's wish casting that the Colts could go and add someone for Andrew Luck to throw to. You just want West to not be able to stand up right now. That's what you're going for right now. That's a, <laughs> I mean, Odell Beckham's name was was in trade talks all offseason. Like and then they got the, the deal. Beat. They got the deal done finally. I don't feel like ownership. an enormous price for a, for a receiver, at least just compared to what the market value has been. I don't, I don't think it'd be a crazy because Odell Beckham's that good. Can I hear those terms again? The terms were, and you know, and I have to like, I, I will say that if I had skills around the world of football, t- like trade terms are maybe not in the top five, <laughs> but um, a 2019 first rounder, a 2019 second rounder, and a 2020 fifth rounder. Oh, I think that is, that's reasonable, and for that kind of talent, that's reasonable. And the Colts have the Jets' second round pick this year, I believe. Right, so they they would still have their second round pick. I said, Sorry, at least Dan. one. Oh, no, I got me my quarterback, so I'm cool with it. All right. Uh, okay. I mean, I, it's fun. It's a, It would be a lot of fun to see Andrew Luck with the best wide receiver tandem in the league, potentially. Uh, I just think the Giants probably look at their setup and, like, this is a lost year. But if we do figure out the quarterback position in the draft and we improve our offensive line, we're going to score 35 points a game with Odell, Saquon, a quarterback who can play. And why would we trade that away? And he's also the most popular player I, my one ar- here's my region. one argument because the Giants, and we've learned this from teams that finish with the fourth or fifth pick, you don't get that quarterback. You don't, and there aren't there aren't seven quarterbacks in this draft. From what little we know now, that could change. That if you add this ammunition, you can make the move to get up and get the quarterback. And yes, it's at the expense of a wide receiver, but wide receivers can be found. I mean, he I is don't not think, just any wide receiver. I know though. he's not. I know he's not. That's why the cost would be very high. 
you would probably go into the follow if you got a quarterback, you'd have to go into the following draft to find someone that's half as good as Odell Beckham. I just I don't know why the Giants would do that. I just look at the Colts and say, I know T.Y. Hilton's having a nice year, but in general, the Colts are thriving on offense without a lot of stars around Andrew Luck. Wes, what do you got? Can I tell you my two takeaways that I learned from this assignment? <laughs> What's that? One, I think we assumed that more teams would be willing to trade guys away, and, and I didn't get that sense at all. Like Teams like the Browns and Broncos are back in it. Hmm. Seahawks are, are probably in better shape now than they were a month ago. I think there's several teams like that, and the teams that were bad are just still bad. So I, I, There's I, a few. There's a few. I think the Jags could be one. The Bucks maybe have given up on, on staying in it, but you're right. The, I also think the, the teams that would be the most aggressive are the ones and two seeds. The teams that just need one more thing to put them over the top versus right. the other good teams. And the teams that are on the fence would probably be a little more, more reluctant to give anything away. Like especially like a team like the Chiefs when you have holes potentially to, to fill. Uh, my trade – you know, I've been resistant to put Larry Fitzgerald in any trades because he's sort of an institution in Arizona. Came down on hard on me when we did this exercise. I know, which is why, <laughs> I, which is why I, I put a high standard. I really have to – you have to sell this to Larry Fitzgerald. <clears throat> okay. How about returning to his college city, Pittsburgh? The Steelers need a third receiver and have all year because James Washington has not played up to his ability, has not come in. We saw against the Broncos, he had a couple plays, including a play where he dove for a ball that he could have scored standing up if he would have just ran and caught the ball. Roethlisberger gave him grief about it. Yes. That he he, deserve, he has the right to criticize James Washington at this point. Larry Fitzgerald, if he stays in Arizona, he's not going to want any part of this rebuilding project. He, he's probably just going to retire, I think. So he's got like six more games, five more games left. We go – we the America wants to see Larry Fitzgerald in the playoffs one more time. And I think you might even be able to sell him on play another year and you got two playoff runs in you. And then going back to Arizona, the very same James Washington, a second-round pick <laughs> who's got talent, and the Cardinals like need wide receivers. So James Washington for Larry Fitzgerald straight up. Wow. I like that. Okay. Straight up. I can't imagine it. I, can't, I feel bad for Is the Cardinals. Is that enough coming fans. back to the Cardinals we're always to part ways with a legend? We're, we're always taking back. Conditional – Fourth round pick. It's true. Now like it's a deal. I feel like the Cardinals would take a huge PR hit on that. Right. What's yeah? Well, almost yeah. like what's the what's the point? The Cardinals also have a big problem. What are you going to do with your wide receiver room next year? Because it's maybe the worst in the league. We're throwing you a second round pick. I mean, you might have Larry Fitzgerald as a solid contributor next year that's, and the best not, player in franchise history. Yeah, but he's he's a shadow of I his might, former self. I don't know if the Bidwills of Arizona. Mark's really cracking up. I don't know if. Uh, I got it. If you offer Juju oh. for Fitzgerald, I don't know if the Cardinals would pull the trigger. Really? Somebody's the got. Guys, somebody's got. I would level. take Juju Smith Schuster over Larry Fitzgerald in a in a second. But that's not what it's about. It's it's great. I, I agree with you that that this is about a legend and keeping him in town. But somebody's got to build a wide receiver room for the Arizona Cardinals next year. Mm. All right, I, I'll throw another wide receiver, not at the level of uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, to the four people in this room, but to the person behind the glass, it's someone that shines and, and, and towers above Fitzgerald and anyone else that's ever played the uh, the position uh, or really has played sports, period. Uh, wh- what are the Dolphins? What are they right now? Hot. <laughs> At five and six, uh, their playoff hopes pretty much shot. And as things stand right now, the Dolphins are neither a win-now team 
or really a win tomorrow team. That feels like the last 20 years in my opinion. <laughs> right. They, I mean, they just exist, okay? It's time to pick a lane, and uh, this is not something that's going to, <laughs> to put them on the path to getting back to the Super Bowl. But Dolphins trade Danny playoff Amendola back to the Pats Ooh. for a fifth <laughs> rounder. And I'll tell you why this makes sense. Uh, because, first of all, Amendola has zero future in Miami. I know he loves it down there. He's getting, he's getting busy poolside. Uh, being a philanderer, uh, and I know you're happy about that. Can you be a philanderer if you're not married? Not really. Is there evidence yes. of this? Oh, there's direct evidence. Okay, I mean, I'm not tracking yeah, they, him they, cheating on his no, girlfriend. It, no, the supermodel. We Facetimed. It's all I. I know about it. <laughs> That's beside the point. Anyway, uh, he's 33 years old. He's in the first year of a two-year, 12 million dollar deal. He's due six million in 2019. Yes, the Patriots walked away uh, from Amendola essentially after last year, but. Uh, that was a different time. Now they, they're thinking to themselves, we are as win now as we have ever been. We decided to go with Tommy Boy, who might even be in decline right now. Uh, we need a guy that literally his nickname was Danny Playoff Amendola, given to him by Gronk. And you have Philip Dorsett there, who has not made an impact. In fact, they've really decreased his snaps. And I don't know... Um, I don't know if that means that they're they're changing the, the how they're running their offense, Greg. Maybe you can help me out with that. But they have Josh Gordon, they have Edelman, they have Gronk. I feel like Amendola could carve out a role there and make an impact, assuming he's healthy. He's got a knee issue now, but let's keep that out of the mix. So anyway, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious. No, but no, we don't know if it's a yeah. serious issue yeah. or not. Uh, so there you go, Amendola back to the. Back to the Pats, and they could decide if they want to eat the six million or keep him around next. The year. one thing they're the they're the one team. Belichick feels like the one guy that doesn't have an issue. Sometimes when a, t- a player leaves a team, you know they're they're never gonna ever come back to that team. You know, Legarrette Blunt goes to Pittsburgh, totally melts down. You know, weeks later he's back in New England. Like he, Belichick doesn't no, have a problem would, bringing people back. They would have the happily vault. had. Danny Amendola back if he took a pay cut for the seventh straight year. <laughs> like, well, but, but poor Danny, you know. That that's was, the thing. Uh, Do they want his contract? That was nice, you that know? Was, poor Danny. I, I'm I just saying that. a nice little life for himself. He has, but he's been – he's up there in terms of underpaid players of the last five years or so. He, You know, those, uh, those bar tabs that uh, – that live don't pay for themselves. So you got to. Uh, you got. I mean, you don't want your your girlfriend making that much more money than you. He had to go take the money. So Doesn't make sense as a as a solution. Well, the Dolphins. The I don't see. Juice. I the, I don't see why the Dolphins would want to help out the team in their own division, Mike Tannenbaum and, and whatnot. Because just, they're neither here nor there. They just. Exist. I guess, but it's in house. They have. To it, come would to that a, it would just be. It would just be annoying. <laughs> I I think if there if there was a pink pony situation going on, and I'm starting to buy this. You know this theory that Mark has been selling that other investigating, not selling. investigating that other. You know, there's operatives out there. I think it would make a lot more sense for his, his old buddy Matt Patricia to send him Ziggy Ansa in the last month of his contract <laughs> for like a, a fourth round pick. Because Patriots love sending these fourth or fifth round picks. They get a little uh, negotiating window uh, to talk to Ansa at the end of next year. He's starting to. He hasn't played very well this year, but he has looked healthy the last couple weeks. What are the Lions doing? They, they're a team that's kind of fallen out of it. And Ansa could actually give you some juice here in the last month if we're going to have a little pink pony action. Ride, okay. ride that. I'm saying ride that pony. Let's lean into it. This time, it's time is ending. You know, you don't even need a pony. I mean, Tom Brady's 41. Let's just uh, let's maximize what we got. You guys are saying every the, the walls are crumbling here. You know, they're an eight and three team that's in the top. They're one of the six or seven best teams in the league. Like that's another year. Let's go for it. I think next Nicky year at this time they'll be three and eight. I don't know if I, Amendola doesn't get me too excited. It'd be nice to have him though. What? Why not? 
<laughs> It'd be nice to have him in the mix. He is playoff Danny. I think he would make a bigger impact on the Patriots in a playoff run than a Ziggy Ansah would. Every Sunday, they could, they I could look use at his a pa- they could use a pass rusher pretty badly. They could cry. use some more depth up front. <laughs> what is it? How excited would you be, Erica, if Amendola came back to the Pats for the playoffs? I would. I don't even know what I would do. I would probably add on. It's to easy the to imagine, Dan, and like not that. the trade part, just because <laughs> I don't know Miami. But it's easy to imagine like him or Legarrette Blunt just like coming back for having two touchdowns in the AFC title game. Yep, totally could see it. All right, one more time around the horn. Okay, this is a deal that would be done in secret on the thirtieth, right before the deadline. There is a team in Cleveland looking for a leader. There is a coach out there who would be a perfect fit for Baker Mayfield. A coach with a shot to win one more Super Bowl before exiting stage right at the ideal time. A coach who can work with general manager John Dorsey. So not a power-hungry guy that also needs to be the GM. A guy that can work with a general manager. We've seen him do that in New Orleans with a general manager that runs multiple pro teams. Totally absurd. And a coach who has gone to his own ownership and said he's open to this deal because he's always had a little bit of a wandering eye for other jobs around the league which is Cleveland sending two first-round picks this year and next to the New Orleans Saints for Sean Payton. Deal effective the minute the Saints season wraps. Okay, so it's effective. Because I was going to say, if, he, if he's looking to get another title. No, no, no. Deal, he does have a the deal has to be done. crew in New Orleans this year that might have a chance. Deal do, can't be done in March with the new league year. has to be salted away before the deadline, and at Cleveland – is this Does, even allowed by NFL rules? <laughs> it's, it absolutely is because I did don't research. Get caught up in the I did research, and you are still ever, even despite all this whispers that you can't trade for a coach. No, I mean, can t- you trade for a coach at a later date? That That's little the- that little nook and cranny, <laughs> I'd have to look up. But you can, but it, you can trade a coach, and so you you can you can trade high executives or coaches under the league's tampering. Rule. I don't know about the timing, but it feels I think like I did this in my dynasty fantasy league a couple of times. Right. I mean, I'll I feel give like this is, guy next. This year. isn't where I thought Saints, you were going with Saints, this. I know you thought I was going to go Belichick, but I well, because you just tweeted last night. It's an and this is the second tweet just like this that's been sent out uh, right. on a random night. Right. It's an ideal time for Bill Belichick to fly full circle back to the Browns. I think that makes what that, nobody I think else that makes sense do. too. I think that makes sense too. But I don't think that Robert Kraft would ever ever play party to that at all, unless Belichick has an out clause. I don't think Belichick will go to Cleveland because of the Haslam. Yeah. Well, I would say it would be fine if you let Belichick be the owner. Just give him the team because he would work for Jimmy Haslam as soon as he would, you know, work for Woody. That's why I don't see that. I just don't see it as realistic. I do think, though, if you're Sean Payton, you go from, do you want to sit there with year 40, 41, and 42 of Drew (laughs) Brees? Or do you suddenly have Baker Mayfield, the third most cap space in the league, another re- like 10 or 11 draft picks, and one of the more talented rosters on the rise. Like Sean Payton can go from winning a title potentially with New Orleans to J- – Bill Parcells used to do this. Win the Super Bowl while you're negotiating this. with other teams on the phone during that, Super Bowl week. That's fair. What? Well, because I think Sean Payton – in this the- in this world, Sean Payton goes and says, look, I've won you two Super Bowls. I've been here for 12 <laughs> years. I want to make a so change. So he wins this one too. But That's my takeaway from this is that Bruce Arians <laughs> does not excite you. I mean, he does, but I don't think that the Browns necessarily are excited by Bruce Arians. Really? I just don't know. But the, Sean Payton would excite me more. These are high times uh, for the Sean Payton fans, but it wasn't that long ago that he was like seven and nine three years in a row. I feel like that's a lot 
to give up if you're the Browns? What did you give up again? It was two first because I just don't think. Oh, I don't. I, don't I think, think one, that's worth it. I think like really. What? I think if Whoa. you get the coach that you're going to have for ten more years, who cares about two first? Do so you think Sean Payton's worth more than Odell Beckham? I think Sean Payton I has I engineered not. a top five offense every single year. So every even though they're seven Brees. and nine, yeah. But, but he now Baker got Baker Mayfield, and he's recreated himself. You're right about the seven and nine, but then he doesn't just flatline and get he's worse. He's not a defensive guy. Dan doesn't like it at all. No, it's it. We just got to keep moving. Wes, you're up. That was a good. That was a good. Uh, okay. Good conversation. This one is, on both sides. This one is in a closer atmosphere, um, <laughs> and not nearly as exciting. I know. Mine are like, I gotta juice it up. Cowboys need one more weapon on offense, and their tight ends are hurting. They need a guy who's played at a Pro Bowl level this year for a team going nowhere. Jared Cook of the Raiders, who's a free agent after the year, mm. to the Cowboys for a fourth-round pick. See, that's very believable. It, it might be a little high price, but you, that is the type of trade you would see, I think, on December 1st. Jared Cook, who's playing great. He's had a great year for the Raiders, and he, if I'm him, I'm not re-signing to play for that. What's going on in Dallas right now at the tight end position? Not, Jeff Swaim is the starter. He just had surgery on his wrist. Yeah, so they've done. got a bunch of nobodies in there. They need another. They won't play Rico. Gatt. They've had almost no production there. I mean, I never saw, thought I'd see a season where Jared Cook is easily the number one receiver on his team. But he's done a nice job with it in Oakland, including one the of the Packers best, miss him. Kind of an under the radar. One of the best touchdown catches of the entire season last year. Last, uh, week. On, last week. I mean, uh, and falling backwards and an underthrown throw one handed. He's been great. One of the best playoff catches of the last 10 years. Oh, yeah. Aaron Rodgers, probably the best throw of the last 10 years yeah, as he, well. And that came against these very Cowboys. There you go. Yeah, go get the guy who beat you. Revenge? Trade? <laughs> no, just if you can't beat him, go get him. <laughs> uh, that's a great one. I don't know who says no there. I think that, that happens. we got to push yes! the deadline. This got is a, approval. That's a lifeline right there. Is that our first trade? I feel like I, it makes yeah. a lot of sense. All right, so the Jaguars. Had I think their- the Pats accepted that Ziggy Ansah deal. So <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm fine we're with moving, the Sean Payton one. We're moving forward. This is, this we're is moving my decision. forward with him. Oh wait, defensive line. Patriots. Yep, they said yes to Amendola as well. So, <laughs> okay, so we got there three. You go. <laughs> oh wait, Sean Payton's going to be the head coach of the Browns. That one worked too. We're on fire. The Jaguars. They had their shot. The window was open. They couldn't get through. Yeah. Yes, they got dinged by Operation Pink Pony. In the title game, but that's that's what's done is done. Now they have that defense that's regressing. They have the worst quarterback mess in the league. And, yes, could they circle the wagons on D next year and, and get back to an approximation of their 2016 or 17 level? Perhaps. But are they going to be able to pull off a trade uh, to bring in a quarterback who can get the job done? Um that's hard to do. I don't know uh, who you would even target in that scenario, so you're probably going to go to the draft, and then you're looking at kind of a soft reboot for this team, as close as they came. Soft reboot? Yeah, it's a soft one. Uh, knowing Tom Coughlin, and, and Tommy's upset. Tommy's upset. Greg, and you like it because you've got all this rage built up about Tom Coughlin and those two <laughs> Super Bowls, so you're enjoying what's happening right now with Coughlin. And What did he say in the media this week? He said... He said, "Well, he said put among, on the gloves or yeah, something." Yeah, he put on some gloves. He, he'll, he'll put on the gloves and defend all the decisions he made, and he does not regret giving Blake Bortles a monster contract Let's when put he on had those him gloves. Under, yeah. So he's putting on the gloves, and that's what else you want. He seems like a guy that's going to shake it up, and I think you know where I'm going on this one, right? Big shake up? No, because they're good players are in defense. Jalen Ramsey oh. uh, uh, is a mm. wildly talented, you know, diva, but wildly talented cornerback. And he might not want to be there anymore. And, and, and I've, I saw this with my own team with Keyshawn Johnson. This becomes 
a major issue uh, when the star that's very outgoing, charismatic, talks a lot, can't stop talking, maybe not the best guy when things are going bad. Sometimes it doesn't. it's not the worst idea to, to move that guy if you can really uh, get an offer that makes sense. Jalen Ramsey and a second-round pick in 2020 and a conditional fifth-round pick in 2020 <laughs> to the Chiefs. This is a blockbuster. For a first-round pick in 2019, a first-round pick in 2020, a third-round pick in 2020, and a sixth-round pick in 2019. Holy smokes. And if you were tracking that, this, those are the same terms of the deal that sent Khalil Mack to the Bears. And like Mack, a motivated and re-energized Jalen Ramsey could have a transformative effect on any defense he joins. Ramsey to the Chiefs, and let's go to the Lombardi riser. That's a lot to give up. It's expensive. Although, I just don't think – I thought it was telling the Jaguars released a statement right after uh, that those trade rumors popped up that they just wouldn't even consider it. They, they He's in the third year of, of his rookie contract, though, so that it, this would be a logical time if you were going to move it. And I do think the Chiefs in this exercise should be the team that are pushing all the chips in. And if you're looking at the Jaguars, I think Malik Jackson would maybe be up for grabs right now. Not sure he's going to be back with that team next year. I think Calais Campbell would be a guy that you know I'd be calling in. So this would be an advantage of a December 1st uh, trading deadline because I think you could maybe get one of those defensive linemen. Not sure about Ramsey. That would be tough. I had a different cornerback going to the Chiefs from Dan's very own Jets. Mo Claiborne, a free agent mm-hmm. after the year, to the Chiefs for a more reasonable like mid-round pick. I, I would love to see the Chiefs, if the Patriots can't, make it. I just think it'd be a great story. I had one with Having Patrick Jaylen Peterson, with so we all had mm. similar ideas here. I think Ma- Jalen Ramsey needs like a month with the Dalai Lama more than he needs a trade. Mm. Get rid of all that <laughs> hatred in heart, Jalen Ramsey. Maybe he'll, maybe it'll be a story this offseason. Do you it's think, possible. Do you think Mack and Ramsey are similar in terms of how they can change a defense? No. I think Mack's worth more. Yeah, I think Mack's worth more. Okay. Because well, I, you know, a absolute top-tier cornerback, if you believe in Jalen Ramsey at that level can really change things. I mean, he's in the same conversation. I, I'm not, I like I'm not putting him in the Darrell Revis top-level cornerback. He takes away half yeah. the field. You see? I, I think <laughs> half the field disappears. I think he's a great if player. If you've got a number one cornerback, Greg, half that field's gone. He travels. He's been truly dominant one season out of three. He's a really great player, but you're putting him in the level of Hall of Famers. I don't think he's okay. played at that level except for last year. You're banking on the potential a little bit yeah. too. Sure. Yeah. Okay, close it out, Greg. Had some uh, Chiefs and Jag stuff. Let's let's go with the uh, one that Rick has look, like forty five trades. Yeah, I got a lot of trades. <laughs> All right, let's let's add one that not only is it made the trade is made this week, um, but it the they work out a deal where no one even knows about it until the pregame introductions on Sunday. Forty ers Seahawks. They're introducing the the Seahawks Legion. Of Boom. Who's who's the last name that they call? Oh, Carl wait a Thomas. second. Oh, no. Is that is that Richard Sherman's music? No. Is he coming out? He's not with the 49ers anymore. They're in the visiting locker room. He's coming out with the Seahawks. They bring him back because now they're in the playoff race. Whoa. They know it. And Sherman's playing at such a high level. We're kind of wasting away on the 49ers. We don't need him anymore. There were some tough things said, but ultimately Sherman is a Seahawk. He knows it. The fans love him. And let's go make a fun last playoff push. And I don't, you know, cost a, uh, let's say a fourth round pick. That reminds me of there was a lot of, uh, there's some back talk from Sherman who really was, it seemed to be 
it's funny how life can come back to bite you in the old uh, buttocks because he's, he thought he was on the rising NFC West team and he was taking shots at what he thought was a declining giant. And here we are entering December and the Seahawks are still a player in the NFC and the Niners are one of the worst teams in football. Problem is, like, the, then the Seahawks will get eliminated like 14 days later, and you've got Richard Sherman back on your roster going <laughs> into the offseason. It's like yeah, asking for a new contract. <laughs> Seahawks say no here. Pete Carroll doesn't want another go round with Richard Sherman, and they I, like, they like Shaquille Griffin and Trey Flowers. Well, they should they should they should like Richard Sherman because he's a much better player than either of those guys right now. Yeah, I, but I they've been that, winning all year with these guys, and they want to keep winning with them. And I think the Seahawks, both the front office. Schneider and Carroll are feeling pretty good about themselves that they were able to purge some of these uh, big match. How about stars the dramatics of it? Good. It's like no, you that's know, fun. When the rest, you know, when a wrestler oh, it turns from, from that a angle. heel to so. a hero, or even goes from like WCW to W, you, you nice, didn't Greg. see it coming. Sure, if this was the AAF, that would work. <laughs> yeah, this ain't the AAF, bro. Uh, uh, good trades, guy. Guys, and Sean Jackson, I thought was going to get dealt, but he he's staying. Busy. He hasn't made a play in about two months. Not all his fault, but. Who Deshaun? I would Jackson? like to add yeah. him. Didn't he go to a specialist this week to check out his thumb? Yeah, he's got a thumb issue as well. That's going to be hard to catch passes. Even Jimmy Graham can't do it. Uh, all right, there are the trades. Uh, before we go, Thursday night football. We got a good one. It's the Saints riding a ten-game winning streak. Uh, and here's a nice challenge. They go to uh, Big D. Connie on the uh, Twitter sh- it's not gonna show like that. suggested that it's time to move on from the term Big D. I love it. I love that Big D. Um, so I I'm going to say. Uh, that's where they're going for this game. Mm. And I respect. I kind of like that one. I'm gonna. I'm gonna listen to her and no longer say it. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, uh, but here we are. The Redskins. Uh, I mean, the uh, Cowboys are on a three-game winning streak. But here, uh, Mark Sessler is the test of their season. The Saints, unstoppable, scary in prime time. Yeah, I I keep hearing how great of a game this is, and it you can make an argument for it. But my, my concern, number one, would be if Tyron Smith is not available for the Cowboys because when he's not been in the lineup, that offense that offense is a completely different operation. And Dak Prescott has been sacked as much as any quarterback in the league. And so that you're playing a Saints defense that everyone talks about the offense. Cam Jordan, Sheldon Rankins, the way that they're operating up front, they're very dangerous. They haven't allowed – you know, they're allowing less than 20 points per game – I, I don't really see this as a game that's going to be close mm. potentially at all. This is going to be the unmasking of the Cowboys. Also, I'm covering it, so I'd like it just to be a big old romp, as <laughs> always. Just, but I, Why? I, I also Wait, you're a, not writing no, it, though, are you? Are no, you but you know what? It? I'll say this. I love it. Here's the thing about the Saints. They're, Wouldn't you rather watch like a fun game, though? Yeah, fun, here's, yeah. fun here's, football games you know, are here, fun. My one thing about the Saints versus other teams We've been down this is the Saints winning 42-10 is exciting to me versus other teams winning to 40 to 10. And I think we've taught someone else made a similar comment that I, I, I want the saints to get home field advantage. I want them to go to the super bowl and I want them to continue to take care of business And this in the Cowboys. Don't feel like the team to me. That is the antidote here. Well, not to belabor the point, but what's more exciting to you? 42, 10 saints or 31, 28 saints. 42. I here sometimes look no because sometimes I like to see a team. An it's guy. not every team. I like to see a individual. team drop a mega hammer, and they are in that mode right now of just dropping hammers. Well, we week see after that every week. week. I I often would be unhappy with that, but I like it with the Saints. Okay. Hmm. You don't need to. But if you were uh, in a tavern, or, uh, if you were in a tavern, you want 35-31. I, I I honestly love blowouts. Sometimes <laughs> I like to see big massacres. <laughs> 
I don't need. There's a, every game is 31 to 28 in the NFL right now. Yeah, that's a major Drop problem. Drop a bomb. <laughs> I All right. Follow that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, the the Cowboys have scored. They scored 31 points on the Redskins last week. That's a nice job in 2018 NFL. Get to that 30 mark. But they'd only done it one time uh, all season before that. I mean, what's the absolute minimum number of points that the Saints are going to score? What 28, 34? Mm. They're averaging 37, I think, uh, this season. So the Cowboys are going to have to score points. And, and, Wes, you were right on Cooper that he could have a big effect on this team. The Cowboys are going to have to come out, and Zeke Elliott's going to have to go nuts, and Cooper's going to have to have a touchdown or two. It's asking a lot, but at least they're in their building. You can make a case that they can hang around here. They need to score touchdowns on offense. They need to control the ball, and when they get in the red zone, you don't settle for field goals. You get Zeke Elliott, Amari Cooper, whoever, into the end zone. Mm. Um, that's that's how it starts. And then your defense, which to me, the Saints and Cowboys have two of the most fun defenses in the league, and they're not traditionally known as defensive powerhouses. But outside of the Bears, I think I trust these two defenses as much as anyone in mm, the NFL. Wow. I do. I, I think the way the Saints are playing on defense right now, either people aren't paying attention because of the offense, or, I mean, th- their defense, they, they were in Matt Ryan's grill. The entire game last weekend, he still threw for – well, he still threw because he's good. That's what happened. But Leighton Vander Esch, to me, is one of the most fun linebackers in the league to watch right now. Demarcus Lawrence is an all-pro candidate. Jalen Smith has been every bit what the Cowboys hoped he would be when they took a chance on him. This is a really good defense, and if they can get after Drew Brees and force a few turnovers – that's your recipe. Score def- score touchdowns on offense and get after Drew Brees on defense. I mean, NFL Network's excited. Fox is excited. The Cowboys are winning. It's like everyone has this Cowboys fever lately. And I, I feel like only like a prescription from Dr. Rainmaker is going <laughs> to settle it down. Let's put it down. Because... Cowboys team. They're, they're giving up. Don't you Annie Lennox. You leave Annie Lennox out of it. I didn't know it was so long. Do we have permission from Annie Lennox to use that in a gambling <laughs> let's front? Just, let's keep it on the down low. What gambling? There's, that yeah, was my voice. The, this is just if you're in a competitive no money at stake league. I could Wait, can I hear that acapella then if that was your voice? <laughs> Uh, no, I didn't do any more. Does that mean we're oh, getting okay. four more of these propositions during tomorrow's preview show? <laughs> well, I don't know. We'll you have, have to used see. your one. We'll have to That's see. That's it. You've <laughs> you know, used it. It's no not more. about. It's not about making rules. It's about having no, fun. No, no, no. It's, we're about, making a, some it's rules. about a feeling. Like you can't control the rain. It's You're either hooked gonna, on a feeling. It's either going to come or not. The Saints are going to blow out the Cowboys. But you can't control the lawsuit either. Here's the thing, though. I really. I really do believe that the Cowboys have been overrated the last few weeks. Okay, Demarcus Lawrence has been a, an unbelievable player. If he's going to be the defensive player of the year type of guy and he's played at that level, like make a bunch of plays to win this game with Teron Armstead hurt. But I, I don't see defenses doing that in key spots this year. Uh, Byron Jones makes some plays covering Michael Thomas. This the It came out as about a touchdown, a touchdown spread. I was hoping it would maybe go down for that. It was hoping it would go below that. It's not. It's right. It's right at seven. And what's spread mean? It's here's the thing though. They could keep it close for two and a half quarters. Couldn't you see that? Do you really see mm. them stopping them, uh, drive after drive, no, and no. actually scoring no, touchdowns? I, I agree with Mark. The Saints are better than every team in the league. They are a blowout team. And as much as I want this to be a game, and I do, I do respect the Cowboys. I think they're the best team in the East. I but do. They're too. not even in the same league. as I the do Saints. too right now, but I don't yet respect their passing game. Dak Prescott has in 
PFF has a, a stat for it. Like, so we agree. The which, Saints are going to blow them out. Which sacks? Which which quarterbacks have been at fault for the most sacks of on their own team, where it's not the offensive Dak line, by fence, far. and it's stacked by far. And and I don't. And it, you may not have your left tackle. And you and you're watching that game against the Falcons. The the passing game to me is still very rudimentary. They're that old old school team, and they're gonna make face the future. Bad news for your gambling, and bad news for you, Mark. Uh, no gambling, but it, this will take, be a close game. That's my prediction. That's not bad news. I'm like this will be vaguely invested, but you know, yeah, and I don't really care. To be clear, there's no, there's no, there's nothing going on here. That's against league rules, and uh, anyone, take, right. anyone Absolutely. taking my advice, you know, be warned. I, I can't. Mean, not even, only I'm is under it, 500 in in uh, the locks. It's a personal so demon for Greg. The, that's going to tug all of us down because <laughs> now, without any sort of consultation, he's just using music <laughs> that we're not allowed to use to sell his little segment that he's going to use four more times during tomorrow's show. The last time Eating the Saints minutes. didn't win by at least 10 points was six weeks ago. Well, that, they're due for a close game, and that's what's going to happen. Uh, or uh, you get your money back, everybody. I'm covered. There's no money involved here. You can get Greg's money. All right, back. we'll be back uh, on Thursday night with a recap of what's going to be, obviously, either a blowout or a barn burner with no in-between. And then we'll uh, preview all of the Week 13 games. Ooh, we're coming down the stretch now, uh, so uh, make sure you follow along. This is Dan Hansis signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old boss, and Ricky Tamposi behind the glass. Ricky Hollywood, the loose cannon, which is a lot of things. Till Thursday night. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.